are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio Jeffrey. He's new to Tucson, here to start life over again, and to found an organization to help fight domestic violence called Straight from the Heart. Trigger warning, today's episode will mention domestic abuse, kidnapping, and suicide. So if these are issues for you, this might not be the right episode for you to listen to. We'll be with Jeffrey in just a moment, but first I'd like to talk about childhood. Recently, I was talking with my cousin on the phone, and we ended up talking about our experiences as kids and telling some of the stories, stories I'd never heard about her and stories she's never heard about me. And I decided to look up depression and childhood and how it starts. And WebMD has an article called Depression Often Starts in Childhood. Depression affects as many as one in every 33 children, one in eight adolescents, according to the Federal Center for Mental Health Services. There's no one thing that causes depression in children, according to the NMHA's Children's Mental Health Matters campaign. A family history of depression, life stresses such as losing a parent, divorce or discrimination, and other physical or psychological problems can all contribute to the illness. Children who have been abused, neglected, have experienced other traumas, or suffer from chronic illness are also at higher risk for depression. So I think that we often think of childhood as, you know, it's like this time of innocence and sweetness and, you know, that, that at that point in our lives, it's, it's all good, right? <laughs> it's all lovely. But children, whatever is happening in their family, they're also experiencing it as well. They're not removed from it. And keeping that in mind, you know, children can get depressed. So I looked up a project that I'd done a number of years ago called the Perfect Woman Project, and I won't go into too much detail on that, but it was kind of one of my kooky projects. And I had a section on it called The Real Me, and I was trying to go back and look at different points in my life that I thought made me who I am and interview the people that were there, see what their version of that story was. Because honestly, we have this version of our stories that there's a theory that every time you unpack a memory, when you repack it to put it back into your memory bank, you change it, you alter it. And so in, 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 if that's true, our favorite memories are the least likely to be true. Our favorite memories are the ones that we've unpacked the most, looked at them, changed them, and put them back. And so I thought about that, and I... I wanted to ask people who were there, mostly my family, what what do you remember from this time period? So one of the time periods that I interviewed my family about, and they, they were really great to like help out with this, and they actually were really open about telling their stories, and then I'd share all the stories with each person before I posted them so that they felt like, okay, that's really what I said, that's really what I want to share with the world. And so this is the one, I didn't, didn't want to read any of their stories, but this is the one that I wrote from that time period. It's from The Divorce, from Perfect Woman Project, The Real Me. My memory is foggy about the time before, during, and after the divorce. There are a few moments I remember vividly, like video clips taken out of context and then played over and over again. I fear their warped and a skewed view of events. I remember going out for dinner with my mom, 
we probably went to the hot dog stand, which was a funny little place with great Chicago dogs and video games. I remember my brother used to spend the entirety of his paper route money there, which I, being a miserly girl, found a poly. He'd spend like $25 on video games. And I was the kid that I'd get my $1 you know, a week allowance and take two quarters and put them in the bank and take two quarters and buy candy. After dinner, my mom and I walked slowly, chatting, talking about school and my friends as we worked our way home. Sometimes my mom and I did things together, just the two of us, and it always felt special. I didn't think we we had much money at that time, so it was, you know, definitely added to the feeling of it was a special outing. We got home, and there was blood on the stairs, smears, and drops leading up to the master bedroom. I don't even remember being scared, just feeling like, oh, no, no, why do things have to be like this? I don't remember how we got him downstairs. I just remember my dad sitting on the toilet and my mom asking me to put his shoes on while she called the hospital. But his eyes looked funny and he smelled like alcohol and he was bleeding and I didn't want to go near him. I wasn't scared of him. I loved him, but I felt paralyzed. I wanted to be somewhere else, anywhere else. I think my mom ultimately had to put the shoes on because I couldn't. Later that year, I don't know how much later, I remember visiting my dad in rehab. I don't remember what the place looked like or seeing my dad or what we did there. I really don't remember much of any of it. I remember some group activity. But other than that, what I really remember is walking down the hallway and seeing a man in a wheelchair, and his skin was yellow. His eyes were blank, and he had a blanket over his legs. I didn't know how a human being could look like that. I didn't know that somehow alcohol could do that to a person. The time during the divorce is a confusing blur with no order of distinct memories. After my dad moved out, I remember visiting him by myself. My brother didn't want to see him anymore, but I did. He lived in an apartment in a yellow house within walking distance of our house. When I visited, I think we simply ate dinner or watched TV. I really don't remember what we did. I didn't. It didn't matter to me. I just wanted to see my dad. It didn't matter that he would... S- still drink sometimes or that things had been messed up for a long time. I loved him and I think I understood that he was just sick. But underneath it all was my dad who had always been kind and adored me. And this experience taught me to accept people's flaws. We all have them. Love them for the good parts and protect yourself from the bad. And this is back at that time I I say, recently I said to my aunt you can totally love and accept the person but still be clear with them that you don't approve of their drinking. She laughed and said, you are a poster child for Al-Anon. <laughs> maybe or maybe not. All I know is that I love my dad, and he hasn't had a drop to drink in 25 years. But if he was still drinking, I would still love him with my whole heart. And the story I was telling my cousin on the phone was exactly the story, just talking about that incident. She went, oh, my God, Laura Jane. My family all calls me Laura Jane. I always feel like it's a little bit country. Laura Jane! <laughs> she said, oh, my God, Laura Jane. I had no idea. I didn't know at all. And I said, well, I don't think I told anybody. I don't think I talked about that stuff. When you're a kid and your family's falling apart and everything's just awful, what do you do? Go to school or go to your family get-togethers and say, hey, dad's drinking like a fish and it's all bad. (laughs) You know, I always say when I think of my dad's alcoholism, it was leaving Las Vegas alcoholism. I don't know if any of you saw that movie, but it's just somebody going down a dark hole like a bottomless pit and the only real solution to it is to die or get better and he got better and I read over the story this morning that my dad told and he's since passed away you know which is part of the start of this depression 
but we resolved so many things over the years and I was asking him about that time period and his story was totally different you know it was about leaving his job and my mom going to work full time and my dad drinking more and feeling useless just feeling useless like who in this you know who in this world am I any used to it kind of broke my heart it was you know it's good to read over that story again and I feel very lucky that my dad and I resolved those hard feelings, you know, well before he passed away. I mean, like I said, he hadn't drunk in 25 years. Wow. That's a, you know, he said he just went through rehab a few times, which people do sometimes, and then came out the other side and just stopped drinking. Finally Didn't, found his footing. He finally found his footing. He finally found a way to cope. I felt like this also, it's, it just had to do with this week and the things I'm thinking about. I think my childhood wasn't exactly perfect. But I felt loved. I felt loved through all of that. I felt loved when things were terrible. I felt loved from the, the minute I was born. I knew both of my parents loved me, even if things were messed up. You know, even if they were messed up. Well, that means your childhood was pretty good. Yeah, it was not bad. Yeah. There, there were some, some the, the things that happened weren't great. And the things they went through were really hard. And, of course, we went through them with them. And so when I was thinking about all that and talking to my cousin about it, and then she revealed some things that I didn't know about her childhood. They just, you know, it's just sad, the stuff that kids go through. It seemed perfect that that's what I want to talk about this week because Jeffrey's a dad and part of his story has to do with that, like being a dad and what it, what it means to be a dad and what it means in this time period to be a dad and to try to do the right thing and for things to be messed up and try to figure out a way through it. <laughs> and we're also glad today to have Jeffrey in the studio with us. He's new to Tucson and he's here to start his life over again and to found an organization called Straight from the Heart to help fight domestic violence. Trigger warning again, today's episode will mention domestic abuse, sex, kidnapping, and suicide. So Jeffrey, welcome to the depression session. Good morning, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so what's new with you? What do you want to share with us? Oh, um, right now, Laura, I'm just trying to get uh, acclimated to Tucson. Um, like you mentioned, I'm new here, been here six months, and um, just started school, um, trying to get through the Spanish class right now, you know, which is really foreign to me. Uh, I don't know how you guys do that. I still can't roll a R to save my life. <laughs> uh, Something good to learn in Tucson, though. Oh, oh, you know, with all the Spanish-speaking people here, I figure, you know, I, you know, I better get in the game. You know, I'm just going to be lost out here. <laughs> you know, so right now, you know, just trying to get my feet wet, so to speak, you know, just trying to, you know, keep my head above water and, uh, you know, enjoying the atmosphere and the people here. Seems like a great town, and uh, I, I think I just might like it here, you know. I'm, like I said, still just feeling my way, but thank thank you guys for uh, having me here in Tucson and uh, giving me the time this morning to uh, speak with you. Do you want to share a little bit about what your organization is about? Oh, uh, yeah, my organization is Straight from the Heart. You know, we deal with domestic violence issues. All types, you know, as anybody knows who has dealt with a domestic violence uh, issue, it just tears a family apart. You know, we're, we're going to try to approach things from a, a different angle, you know, give things a different slant, in hopes that we can actually uh, f- fix a problem rather than put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. You, you know, because right now, you know, we're, you know, we're losing families, uh, you, know, you know, so quickly out here. And, uh, as anybody knows, uh, it is so important for uh, kids growing up to actually have uh, that family dynamic in regards to having the whole family together. So, you know, hopefully we can fix this rather than just keep just pushing it down the road, you know, just hoping that it fixes itself because that never happens. You know, yeah, you know, looking you for ha- healing rather than... Right. right. You know, you always have to be proactive, you know, with everything. So, and that's what we're going to do. Great. 
So that's a good note to say. So, Jeffrey, tell us the story of your depression. Oh, wow. Um, like, like so many others, I really don't know where to begin. But, you know, my depression, like with so many uh, other people's situations, I actually did not know that I was depressed. You know, um, I was uh, in, in denial just like anybody else. You know, um, I was always that person, Laura, like uh, I just never, just never thought it would be me who would be having those feelings. I'm not just completely caught me off guard, you know, but like when anything else, uh, as you go through, you know, this progression, if you, if you're lucky enough, you know, and, and you understand yourself well enough, you can see, you can see the signs. And, um, I was just like, wow, is this really happening to me? Start feeling uh, down too many days, you know, you know how it is, you know, you don't want to get dressed. You don't want to cook. I, I look around my uh, house sometimes and I was like, wow, do I actually live here? You know, is this mess really me? So, just you know, caught me by surprise. It was it was it was really a sobering experience to go through something like that after always feeling like I was uh, the rock. Nothing really bothered me, you know. And to wake up some mornings and not being able to really figure out things for myself anymore, you know, I found found myself sometimes uh, just just saying, okay, when is this going to stop? When is when is this going to stop? You know, I went from saying how did it happen to you know when is this going to stop? So, you know, I was just just blown away and. You know, just trying to find find ways to uh, keep myself going, which it sometimes it was hard. You know, you know, like with with anything else that I'm quite sure you know you guys out there can relate to me. Uh, you have good days and bad days. You know, you just have some days when you just want to just just choke yourself, forget choking somebody else. You just want to choke yourself. You know, but thank thank God that didn't happen. But you know, I just I don't I don't know. I just you know said Jeff, you know what what are you going to do with this? You know, for, first of all, I had to understand it. I had to get some type of clarity going on in regards to me understanding just what depression was. So um, I actually had to uh, seek help, which I never thought I would have to do before in my life. I, I was a person who I never thought I'd be sitting across from another person and um, searching for feedback, you know, in regards to how to handle my own problems. Going through that situation actually taught me that uh, just because I had to ask for help did not mean that I was weak or anything like that. It just means that I was actually willing to understand and I was getting strong enough to say, hey, look, I can't do this by myself. You know, I'm going to need some help getting through this. So once again, I start trying to take the proper steps, you know, start trying to work myself through it. Before I continue in regards to what caused my depression, um, you know, I was, you know, I'm a relationship person and I, I'd been in relationship at that point in time for, uh, God, uh, well over a decade. My depression uh, was brought about actually due to a um, me trying to help my significant other uh, get through her depression that she was suffering from uh, some situations when, uh, that had happened in her life when she was younger. She was actually uh, kidnapped and held hostage for quite a, quite a long period of time, and uh, her adopters had actually, actually done some things to her that was just so severe that it just traumatized her. When she brought the situation to me, you know, we tried to talk things through ourselves because, you know, she, like so many others, did not want to seek professional help. So I called myself going to try to be her unlicensed therapist. And uh, little did I know, uh, I would eventually end up doing more damage to myself. We ended up actually damaging a very good relationship because of those issues. It was, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, it was, it, it was hell. Any, anybody out there that is dealing with depression, you know, when I use that term, I, I know you guys understand exactly what I mean. Um, you know, it's like you're, tra- you know, you're trapped in this in this void, and you know you can't get out. You know, like you're just scratching, at, you know, scratching at, at those bricks you know, on that wall, and you're not getting anywhere. We we went through that for so many years. 
it was just it was just terrible and um it, but i i would have days where uh, i would i would just wake up and i I'd say okay just take a walk walk around the block a few times and that walk around the block um i'd, I'd start walking at eight and twelve o'clock twelve o'clock i'm still walking so I I started realizing, okay, something's wrong here, dude. You know, you got to get this figured out quickly. You know, and in the meantime, my significant other, she and I were still trying to work through her issues, which were now our issues. Things were really just snowballing, you know, and just really going downhill quickly. And that that itself added more pressure on me, and I did not realize it at the time, just how deeply I was sinking into my depression. Until, uh, you know, once again, I started noticing uh, changes within myself. I was lucky enough not to develop, uh, say, any dependency, uh, you know, issues through this in regards to, you know, coping with the situation. Once again, you know, I had, had to ask myself, okay, what, what can you do to make this situation uh, better? You know, because I realized, you know, if I, didn't, uh, if I didn't do something for myself in regards to maintaining, you know, myself personally, uh, me, my significant other, and, you know, we had a daughter at the time. All of us, all of us were going to sink because they actually looked at me for strength. And uh, I wasn't as strong right then at, at, at that time as I wanted to be. I actually uh, started reading more. I, I learned that uh, if I uh, swallowed my pride and humbled myself and uh, actually sat down and let somebody know, hey, look, uh, I need to talk, I felt better about some things. And it started giving me... Uh, some some clarity into just what I was going through and just how I could better relate what uh, had happened to her, you know, so it didn't cause as much friction between us. So in in doing that, uh, a lot of things came out, some some good, some bad, some hurtful, and uh, those those two actually, for a, a period of time, added to uh, the depression. And uh, you know, once again, I, I would find myself a. Uh, I take two steps forward, and uh, I'm taking six steps back, so to speak, you know, so I had to kind of find a way to just bring everything together and say, okay, uh, I put this here, I put this there, and uh, okay, don't open that box again. Think, things like that, you know, in regards to, you know, how I was coping, start working, and uh, I uh, actually introduced my significant other to the coping skills that I was developing, you know, in hopes that it would help her, which... Um, you know, she um, she wasn't on board at first. Like like anything in life, you know, it's scary to try something new. We we would talk once again. You know, we move forward, then they move back, and just you know, you know, just try to work through things. That that within itself, you know, like a, you know, not to sound repetitive, it's a stressful you know, within itself, and it, you know, just adds to your depression. So you have to always find yourself just you know, just trying to manage through things daily. That that within itself, you never notice it until it in, until it's happening. It starts making you feel better, you know. After a while, because you start getting some type of sense of empowerment, you start getting the sense of yourself back, which is what what I needed and what she she needed. And when you when you're going through something like that with us as a couple, you kind of have to safeguard against not uh, overreacting and taking taking uh, things further out on each other. I'll always, you don't want to tiptoe around subjects, but. You want to be careful of each other's feelings because what you're going through emotionally is hurtful, and what you say to each other sometimes is hurtful, and once again adds to that depression. And as as we go through life, you know, not enough of us realize just how easy it is to sink into that mode of depression. I'm not to get off topic. Uh, I'm I'm dealing with some situations now where I'm helping some people, and uh, once again, they don't realize, and or either they don't want to take uh, ownership 
of what they're going through, which to me, that's that's the first step is taking ownership. Okay, this is what's wrong with me. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm crazy, but this is what's wrong with me. And, hey, I need some help. I understand I can't do this on my own. I need to go in and talk to somebody. And everybody should be okay with that because at some point in time, we all need to do that. We, we all need to, um, you know, I, I call it take it personal stock of myself, personal evaluation. I mean, if you don't do that sometimes, if you don't check yourself, to me, uh, you're not actually uh, approaching life realistically because every day we change. We do. You know, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing ourselves. And if you don't sometimes sit down with yourself, look in the mirror or, uh, or uh, whatever you got to do and say, hey, look, this is what's going on. This is what I don't understand. This is what I know how to work with. You, you'll never be able to uh, come up with that comprehensive plan to get your life back, which, you know, we all strive to do. None of us are perfect people. We're never going to be perfect. We, we all want to be able to say, to say at some point in time in our life, at the end of the day, I'm okay. You know, I got this. I got this again. And trust me, it's, it's possible. If, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I'm, I'm a work in progress just like we all are. Uh, I'm, I'm still not out the woods yet. I'm still figuring, figuring my uh, situation out. Once again, I thank you guys for giving me the, the, the chance to even talk, talk now because uh, I'm, I'm like everybody who's listening. And my friend Laura here who I'm talking to, you know, we're, we're just trying to get through everything day by day just trying to make things work and uh trust me we're, we're all going to find our footing again we are like life is like that we slip a little bit you know but we find our way no matter how we approach it just how long it might in regards to how long it'll take us to get there and uh, hopefully um with you guys out there and uh, with my friend lauren with myself it doesn't take us forever because some sometimes we get lost too long we might not find our ways back and that's that's a scary part about depression because we feel like it's so hopeless we might not find our way back but you can always get back there, always. Jeffrey, thank you so much for your story. One of the things I remember from our practice session is how that impacted your relationship with your daughter as well. Would oh. you mind talking about that? Or Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I know that's a hard subject. You know, um, Laura, Laura, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, that's always in the back of my mind. Going through that situation with uh, what me and my significant other was going, of course our daughter, she was privy to some information. She was part of the family, and uh, my daughter, um, after after hearing and seeing so many things, actually tried to commit suicide at at one point. And uh, I was, I hate to say, uh, fortunate enough, but uh, I walked in on my daughter actually trying to commit suicide at uh, one point in time, which was actually hurtful and yeah. uh, and, and stressful. So uh, not only was uh, were the two of us, you know, me and her mom, going through our depression, but so was my daughter. We didn't even realize that at the time. We didn't even think to include her in just what she might be going through. And certainly right then, um, dealing with something like that, it was it was more than a red flag. I mean, that was like a brick upside my head. It's like, okay, pay attention to this over here now. So once again, you know, it was, it was just like more weight on my shoulders. And uh, I had to uh, go back, regroup, and reevaluate because then I had to include her in what we were going through. Luckily, uh, we, we were able to put out that fire, you know, so to speak. Uh, get get her the help that she needed. I was so proud of her, uh, <laughs> you know, in regards to the way that she handled things because she was actually at her age, you know, because she was a lot younger then. Uh, I think she might have been about 11. She she had the foresight to actually uh, seek help at school through one of her counselors. Oh, good. And she told me, she said, Dad, you know, I really appreciate you talking to me and, and what's going on, but I sat down with my counselor, you know, and she thought I was going to be upset at first, but I was so proud of her that she actually 
once again had the foresight to say, hey, look, I need to sit down and talk with somebody besides my parents, you know, because this is what's going on with me. So uh, she she pulled herself through it. I mean, she's she's strong. You know, she was a lot stronger than we were at the time. And, uh, you know, she she worked through it. Um, she's a fantastic person. She's a lot older now. And, you know, she's still dealing with her depression also. You know, we actually spoke a couple of days ago and um, things, things are much better. You know, she's working through it. Oh, that's wonderful. And I know that you're, you're here, you said one of the things you told me is you're here to start over. What does starting over look like for you? Oh, wow. Start, <laughs> starting over. Uh, you know what? I, I, I never thought at this point in my life that I would be saying those words, you know, <laughs> you know Jeff starting over. But, you know, starting over for me is just uh, trying to figure out who I am because I always thought that I had a handle on just who I am. You know, just I found out going through this, I had no, I had no clue. So, uh, you know, since I've been here in uh, Tucson, learning how to um, meet people again, I was, God, I never realized my people skills were, were that bad until, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you find yourself going out to eat, uh, you know, by yourself too often or, you know, shopping by yourself too often. Uh, just just things that are out the norm for me because I had been with somebody for so long. So I, I go through my progression, through my life progressions with the open mind so that way I don't slip into a form of depression in dealing with this. I wake up every day. I try to make sure that uh, I wake up with a, a smile and a song in my heart, as they say. I just attack things uh, proactively. Uh, I've I've never been one to give up. I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a little easier for me, but um, it works for me. Yeah. You know the fact that I'm, I've always had an attitude where uh, Jeff, okay, get up and do it. Get up. Get up and fight that bully. Because to me, that's that's what depression is. Depression is a bully. What do you do with a bully? I was I was taught you walk up and you hit that bully in the mouth. <laughs> okay, you, you know, and pretty much that's what I do. I get up, you know, and I, I attack the situation. So what I'm trying to say to everybody out there, don't give up on what you're doing for yourself in your beliefs about who you are. Get up, fight that battle, do what you got to do, be proactive. We can win this thing. Trust me, um, we're all in this together. Even if we don't know each other, we're in this life together. We battle our depression together. When we meet on the street, even if we don't meet on the street, we're in this together. That is a perfect note to end the show on, and I just want to say thank you so much for coming. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And we're here at KTDT LP Tucson, 99.1 FM, Downtown Radio. Thanks for listening. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septa Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.